Hello, everybody, and welcome to Works Well, a podcast by me, Melissa Sherry, certified health coach and workplace wellness specialist. This podcast is for leaders who want to support their teams in the pursuit of high quality work, decreased burnout, and meaningful collaboration. If you want to empower your team to bring their best selves to work, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Another week, and I am so happy to be with all of you. Welcome back. If you have listened before, welcome. If you're a new listener, if you are enjoying the show, please show your support by sharing this episode with a friend, a coworker, or a family member. Um, you can make sure to catch all of the episodes by following on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On Spotify, you can find the follow button right on the homepage of the podcast screen. And then on Apple Podcasts, you can find it by clicking on the link with the actual show. So not on the you won't see it on the episode page, but if you actually click on the live link of Workswell Podcast, um, you'll be able to find it. This is such a simple way to support. And just a heads up, you won't be bothered with any kind of alerts when you follow. It simply just adds it to your podcast homepage. So really easy to find and you'll see all the newest episodes at your fingertips. So let's dig in to the podcast. A few weeks ago, I did an episode on managing for mental health and that was just scratching the surface on how managers and leaders can support their employees with mental well-being. Today, I really want to revisit that conversation and take a step back to discuss all of the ways that middle managers can utilize their platform and power to create positive work environments and support employees. It's not just about mental health. It's really about creating positive environments for employees to thrive in all capacities of well-being, whether that's financial wellness, that's occupational health, community health, whatever that looks like for what that employee needs at that moment. And hang on to this episode because at the end, we are getting back to listener questions. And today is a really, really exciting one um, that I think a lot of people can relate to. So hang on for that one. I want to start off by sharing that Some of us might think that managers are trained to be managers, but in so many cases, managers are not trained on topics like mental health or even benefits that can support their team. There are different silos of experts within organizations, but managers aren't really trained to support their teams in those kind of more human capacities. So often we see that people are promoted into management positions because of individual progress versus promoting on the basis of the ability to effectively lead. So that's where we see some of these gaps in opportunities for managers. That doesn't mean I don't think there's opportunity for training, growth, and development. I 100% believe that even if you have a manager in a position or if you feel like you're in a position where maybe you're not experienced enough, maybe you don't have the right kind of training to do the job, there are so many opportunities. So many of the essential skills are learned by trial and error versus intentional training in the way that managers are kind of brought up these days. And another piece of 
little data that I've been digging into is that having a tough boss or a difficult manager is the number one reason for stress at work. So not only are we not training managers to be great leaders, but we're also finding that that is putting employees in a really tough position and causing a lot of stress. So there's this huge opportunity to create a new narrative around leadership as an opportunity for support versus holding rigid ideas of productivity and success and holding people essentially hostage to these ideas versus creating space for innovation and creativity. What I'm really trying to say here is managers hold a lot of power and I'm so motivated by helping to use that power for good. And there are many different ways that this can look. I want to start by offering some inspiration on where you can get started. Managers are a key stakeholder when it comes to workplace wellness and can be an awesome asset. So they can be the key to success. Let's consider some foundational checklist items for how we can better educate managers. And if you're a manager yourself, write these next few items down. Grab a pen, grab a paper, open up your notes so you can start exploring where you can get more information or where your gaps might be. I think self-reflection is such a huge opportunity for managers to really identify where opportunities are for them and then either work with leadership or their teams to really start flexing those skills. My number one piece of information is have an understanding of the benefits, tools, and resources that are available to employees that support their health and well-being. And having the skills and confidence to direct people to resources as needed. As a people manager, it's not necessary that you're the benefits expert. So I'm not asking you to get a degree in HR, but you should have a rough idea when employees come to you and have something to support them with. So if an employee is opening up to you and sharing vulnerably that they're having a really tough time at home, they're not getting to work on time because XYZ, they're having these issues. You should be able to support them in understanding what their mental health benefits are, what their PTO, what their short term leave benefits are, and all the ways that what has been designed to support them can help them get through this really hard time. This information could be found with your internal HR department. Most larger companies have some kind of benefit guide. Um, If you're a small company, you might look to the owner, the CEO, the um, chief operations director, somebody in that type of role who's managing the benefits would be able to support you. And whether that's handing you paperwork to read, talking you through benefits, asking the questions, what can you brief me on mental health benefits? Can you brief me on PTO and leave benefits. You should know that information as a reliable support system for your team. Number two, have communication methods in place to promote the benefits, tools, resources that are available to to employees to support them. So you may be able to lean on internal communication to make sure that your team sees it, or you may need to create it for yourself. So If you already have some kind of wellness newsletter or your HR team sends something out that talks about benefits, you should be bringing that up at your team meetings or one-on-ones. 
Making sure that your employees are reading that and really well aware is another way that you can provide education to employees to connect them to those different resources. If you don't see that, there's this other opportunity of reach out to your CEO, your HR department, your director of operations, and ask them if there's opportunity for that kind of communication. And if they don't have capacity, maybe it's something that you develop with your team um, and you provide it to HR to send out to, to the whole company. I really believe in initiative. And if you are somebody who feels really passionate about this kind of work, you can find plenty of opportunity to really champion it at your organization. But before you jump into like creating all this stuff, lean on your HR department or your wellness team if that exists and just start poking around to see what they're doing, how they're operating, what they found to work for communication, and then lead on that. This may definitely (laughs) take some work and intentionality from you to understand what communications methods best serve your team and where you can source information. And remember, this doesn't have to happen overnight. So planting the seed at your organization, rallying people around this idea of education on benefits will lead you down some paths and will hopefully garner some support from other people too. You also may want to understand from your team which resources would be useful and start there. I've talked about surveys a lot, but this might also just look like one-on-ones or just anecdotal information that you know about your team. For example, if you know that you have a few people on your team who are pregnant or who are planning to have families, then prenatal resources and maternity leave resources might be super relevant to your population. So thinking about things like that, what's the dynamic, the demographic of your team, and how can you support them, again, where they're at? Number three, receive training for addressing employee needs such as performance issues, mental health needs, conflict conflict resolution, emotional intelligence, all things like that. Again, this is a system problem. It's a problem that we aren't automatically training leaders and managers on some of these topics because a huge expectation of managers is that they're managing people and people are complex and have all kinds of needs and desires and they come to the table with a lot. And if managers are not intentionally trained for all of these topics I just mentioned, then there's a huge miss in how employees feel and experience the organization. So if you're a manager and you are unaware of resources for training, reach out again to your HR, your training, your operation department, ask what exists, ask if there might be some financial opportunity for you to get additional training or to lean into some of your community resources. If you are leading an organization, I can tell you, or even if you're not and you're just a manager, I can tell you that there are many, many free trainings through OSHA, local universities, or even your EAP that you might be able to tap into. So honestly, a quick Google search of free manager training on conference conflict resolution or emotional intelligence, you might be really surprised at what you see. It also doesn't have to be formal education. If you're watching TED Talks, if you're watching 
trusted resources on YouTube or wherever else you might consume information, that's also a great opportunity to just expand your growth into this role of a positive manager. As a manager, you might also have the ability to seek free trainings um, for your employees. And again, remember that you might have something in your benefits of like education reimbursement for management trainings or something like that. So keep that in the back of your head as you're thinking about how to evolve yourself, how to grow, and how to really serve your employees. This episode is I think what's just going to be kind of the start to how we talk about management, because what I find in my work is that we can put up events, we can do challenges, we can talk about health data all day long. But if we don't have leadership buy-in, and when I say leadership, that also encompasses middle management, then this work isn't going to move forward because employees aren't going to feel empowered to participate Managers have a really unique position of modeling culture. So even if you're not aware of how powerful you really are, your employees take note from you, whether that's through your body language on a meeting or if you attend certain events, all of those things and choices that you make affect the way that employees behave and think that behavior is acceptable. So There's so much in terms of setting norms with leadership that I feel like is very undervalued and isn't as intentionally treated as I would really hope because there, again, there's just so much there and so much opportunity. So these three things that I just shared in terms of how to educate yourself, how to think about your role as a manager are really just, again, these foundational building blocks for you to start changing the way that you see your responsibility. I highly encourage you to use the internet, see what you can find for free, start there, and then see where your interest takes you, see what your team gets really into, and experiment. Be open to experimentation. Try new things with your team. Ask your team questions. Ask for feedback. Be open and transparent about your desire and ability to change and grow and be a better support for them. I think that goes a long way. So listener questions are back. I'm so excited. This week, the question is, how do I approach the conversation of appropriate dress code with my employee? I think this is such a great one because we can really generalize this to like, How do I have tough conversations with my employees? Because appropriate dress code is a really tough conversation because none of us want to offend anybody. None of us want to make anybody feel embarrassed or essentially like they're doing something wrong. But at the end of the day, we run businesses. We have certain reputations that we have to withhold. And I completely understand how this can feel like a really tough spot. So the first question that I asked to this person who submitted is, do you have a policy? Is there something in place that you can point to and say, hey, you received this when you were onboarded or whenever this person might have seen the handbook. This is what our dress code says. How can I support you in adhering to this policy? 
Because the when you take that approach and you don't just put it on them, you offer to be their support, their guide, whatever they need through helping them get a more professional wardrobe, that creates partnership and trust. So asking the question in that capacity, if there is a policy, is a great way to start. You might find out that they can't afford new clothes yet, or they actually didn't read the handbook and they weren't even aware of the policy. So lots of different ways that you can support them. And if you do find out something like they can't afford new clothes or they don't have access to that kind of clothing, community resources are a great place to start. I know in my city, there are resources for men and women to access um, professional clothing and even haircuts sometimes. So your local community is a great place to start if something like that comes up with your team. The second piece here is you really need to consider why. Why is the dress code important? Why is it important that this specific person dress a certain way? Do you need them to really dress that certain way? Even if you have this policy, I think there's always an opportunity to reflect because I think gone are the days where we just do things because we're told. Understanding why is so incredibly important to having employee buy-in and again, building that trust and relationship. So make sure that when you're communicating why, whether it's because you they are client facing and there's a certain reputation rep, a certain reputation <laughs> i just got really tongue twisted a certain reputation that needs to be maintained with clients whether it's cultural whether it's to build relationships whatever that might be you need to make sure that you're really clear on your explanation you're direct but you're also heart centered It's so important that this comes from a place of purpose and that you're not just saying this because you don't like the way that they dress or you're uncomfortable with the way that they dress. Of course, again, we have these professional environments. It is what it is. But to make sure that the person who's receiving this conversation is able to feel really safe and like they can communicate effectively with you and they're not backed into a corner where they're feeling essentially attacked. Number three, this is in the same vein as that heart-centered approach is make sure that the employee knows that the way that they dress does not define their value or success. They are still a highly valuable contributor to your team, no matter how they're showing up and dressing, unless it's really doing that much damage to their client relationships or something like that. Separating the value of them as an employee from the need for them to dress more appropriately will really help maintain your relationship and open the door for future hard conversations to not feel so hard and difficult when the employee knows that you're coming from it from a place of compassion, but also meaning, like there's something behind your words. That is my hot take on approaching a difficult conversation about maybe a dress code, but I think you could really apply a lot of this to any hard situation. Understanding why you're doing this, enacting a policy that might exist, but also keeping in mind that there's always opportunity for reflection. So is that policy still relevant and important to your 
work environment. And then making sure that the employee really knows that at the end of the day, you care about them, you support them, and you're coming from a heart-centered, purposeful place. If you have made it through this episode, it's a sign of how compassionate and intentional you are as a leader. And I am so proud of you and happy to have people like you in our world creating healthy work environments. Thank you so much for doing what you do. If you enjoyed this episode, again, please share it. Follow on Apple or Spotify and find me on Instagram so we can connect at Works Well Podcast. I will see you all next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on LinkedIn under Melissa Sherry Coaching or on Instagram at Works Well Podcast. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. See you next time.